hope in God for all of us. Today we are going to be talking about hope in the Lord. But before we move on, I want to pray for us all. In this story, which 
two can also bring down that Goliath. You can bring down that Goliath you are confronting with the power of God in you. Amen. So, what will make you confront that Goliath is the fact that you are totally faced over here. Amen. These are the actual words. Remember, we have legal practices, we have medical practices. There is one word I want to bring to you today. Trust of God. Become the word of God. Practice the word. Put the word to practice. If God said, I will go with you, why are you afraid of the Philistines? You must have that attitude. I trust you. Amen. So let's now go through the story of this story. And I want to read from verse 20 to 24. Verse 20 to 24. It says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the field with the keeper and took and went. And he came to the grave, and the host was going forth to the back, and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in the grave, and they did not know. Now, let's try to dwell on this a little bit. This is a donkey life. We know that at this point, David was a teenager. And from their kind of findings, they put, I'm not a historian, but you know, I did some research on that. And they have put the age that David was at this time, when this event happened, to be between 15 years and 19 years. So we can comfortably see that this was a teenager. And it happened to happen from 14 years. So I begin to imagine what is going on here. The Bible says, this man went to that battle point as Jesse had commanded him. Who is Jesse? Jesse was the father of David. So here is this man who has a teenager and was looking for somebody to send the warfare and he could not think of anyone else but the teenager to go to the warfare. Even the countries of Sacramento will not send Samuel came to anoint one of the sons of Jesse to become the king. The Bible said that this man Jesse had eight sons. The Bible did not even mention number of years. The Bible mentioned number of years. But there were eight sons. So we know that three of them are already enlisted in the army. So they are probably in the advanced part already. That's Eliab, Ashama, and Abinadab. Now, who is next to Abinab? I don't know his name, but that would have been closer to someone you would think to be sent to the battle. Did you get the question? I'm going somewhere. Why did Jesse choose David to be sent to the battle first? Remember, at this point, David has been anointed. David has been anointed. And the anointing means he's not a son of God. Chosen by the Almighty. The anointing of God over the life of David presented David as the right candidate to be sent to that place. Beloved, I don't know what God has ordained concerning you, making you to face the battle you're facing right now. But I have an advisement. Don't be afraid. You must confront the battle that has sent before you. The Bible says, Let everyone run the race. 
was crossing because the anointing of God made it so. And why is it that when he arrived at that battlefield was when Goliath came out to press him? Destiny working together in that battle. For God to make all things to work together for your benefit. If you are a mother according to God, if you are called according to His purpose, everything you see. That's why you should not take offense easily. What did I say? For a reason, see beyond the physical, because the underdog will only win in battle by going beyond the physical. It is spiritual warfare. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to move a little bit quicker. Now, this is the battle that this man of God was not prepared for. Did you see it? Did you see it? Because it's a warfare of God and all the other equipment that we have in those days. It was a shepherd. And yet, he told them that I will fight this person. Why did he want to fight? Because he had somebody defining the battle that he was going to win. Can you stand up for God in the situation that you find yourself in? Can God trust you? Can God depend on you enough to utilize your talents to support you? Yes, you are the coming to God every Sunday. Oh, you have been doing whatever the pastor says you should do. What is your relationship with God? I know you say you pray and this is not happening. Do you really understand how to pray? The, the disciples were praying on the one day. They said, Master, teach us how to pray. We know the pastor has given us this prayer. But what do we know is that the only one prayer was similar to what they were praying. And that was the one that God had chosen to see. If you want to fight your battle, you must release your talents. One more point I want to show you in what is happening. Is that to, to, to have God to fight on your side, you must be in the army of God. Look, there are three sons of Jason who were already in the battlefield, and yet this did not come to pass. The reason is because they were enlisted in the army of Saul. Don't forget that at this point, Saul has been rejected by the people. The anointing has left the house of Saul. Not only the house of God, but the entire tribe of Benjamin has lost their lives in the battlefield. I'm praying that if God wants to use you in the battle of destiny in your own life, that He's trying to highlight you that you may have the determination, the seed, the faith, the power, the resilience to go through what you have to go through to open that opportunity to the generations after you. Some lost it for the tribe of Benjamin. Sometimes left Benjamin and went to Judah. But Eliab, Shalman, and Abidah, they were already enlisted in the army that God had assigned them to serve. So they were not disappointed. Where is their focus this time? But David had been anointed by Saul to enlist in the army of God. The reason
Saul was trying to prepare him. Saul went and tried that all his schools and was putting it on, you know, putting them on God. And David, that is not the way we find our identity. Amen. That is not the way we find our battles. Now, uh, there is another thing I want to point out to you here. Is that God Somewhere, chapter 17, that's the passage that we are looking at. Let's quickly read from verse 40 and we'll go through this today. Verse 40 to 47, then I'm going to talk a little bit on how we can look at fight our battles today. And another day, victory is guaranteed. What did I say? Your victory is guaranteed, but you fight your battles. Amen. So I will read the Bible for you. I will not be in detail. The Lord God made me victorious, and I will be victorious. Amen. I'm reading from verse 14. He said, And he took his staff in his hand, and chose the five small stones out of the book, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which, had, which he had given in a script, and his slings was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine, and the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And David, and the man that bear the king went before Goliath. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he contained him, for he was not a man to do battle against the Lord. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I the Lord that thou hast done to Saul? The Philistine told David, Thank you. 
give you the name of the Lord in your mouth, but you depend on your intellectual ability to take it out. People are smarter than you. was saying, I will cut off your head. What is that? If you only to speak the word. Because the word of God is powerful. Sometimes I do a guess of Goliath was holding physical sword. David was holding spiritual sword. In the name of the Lord, he used speaking. So I believe that part that spoke. I use speaking authoritatively over your situation. You may say that your voice is good and very good. One thing you must understand. For we wrestle not with this flesh and blood. But they did not bury your body in the flesh and blood. That's what Come with me to the Lord. He didn't even say, Come with me to the Lord. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the flesh of this world. And we stop it. That we move on. One thing I also want you to understand is that when you put this armor on this man of God, he could not use it. 
verse 7, the Bible says that every good gift, that every perfect gift, the gift that you need to operate in life, you need the gift you need to dwell in your destiny, to fulfill purpose in life, is given. Think about it this way. What is the difference between a good gift and a bad gift? A good gift is a gift that is good. Now, a spectroscope will be good if you give it to an accountant. If you give it to an accountant, go through. Something here that the hope that people had in God was the reason why he stepped forward. He stepped forward. People were trying to throw him out. Even his family, they were trying to throw him out. They said, No, no, that's not how that works. We're trying to throw you back. He said, You want to follow me? He said, You have discovered that only we can navigate in the details. From the slaughter of the Philippines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. He heard of him and he died. And that's what I was talking about. Yeah, it was 54. I read from 54. And David took the head of the Philippines and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in his hands. Now, when Saul saw David go forth to do the Philippines, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Whose son is this man? And I didn't say, but I told you the truth. Who was the son? Abner. Abner. Who put the 
before.
over to you, Oma. Joshua left the person of the Lord behind. And at the age of two, with the sword drawn, ready for battle, he said, Who side are you on? He said, I'm not going to be on You put on the Lord's sword if you want to know. Because when Joshua said that, he said, Oh, thank you. Joshua was led by the person of the Lord's side. Glory, honor, power, and might be to God, who owe our God. 